Welcome to Antique Dust. Hello and welcome. This is the very, very exciting episode of uh, Antique Dust. And we are dusting down the classic TV shows and we have just watched episode one of series three of Bird Rat, a ninth century. In this episode, we see uh, John Nettles uh, act very drunk and does it, does it amazingly well. We see a posh actress with a uh, very unconvincing Irish accent and um, some sort of swimming pool hijinks. Yes. So, Yes, marvellous. So, uh, let me introduce myself. I am Jonathan. And I am Rob. And together... We are Antique Dust. Woo! Yay! Both of our listeners. Hi, <laughs> Mum. Uh, <laughs> love us. So, um, the episode we've seen is 90% proof. Now, the general gist of the episode is, I mean, for the last two series, um, we've been hammering home uh, constantly. Yes, not very the message. Subtly. The message, message is, is that Bergerac is... Uh, an Alcoholic. A recovering alcoholic. So, uh, at this episode, everyone thinks he's fallen off the wagon. Yeah, yeah. So we've been waiting for proof. him to fall off the wagon. And, and well, bingo. bingo! Yes, so we have lots and lots of gorgeous, gorgeous actors in this one. We've got Ray Winston in a very early role, looking quite devastatingly East End and quite lovely. Yes, post-scum, um, post but pre... Post-scum, so he wasn't being rogered or someone chopping their willy off in that sort of... It was a forceful thing, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. You had to watch it for media studies at school. It was quite, it was really quite graphic. It was, it was. Very graphic. Very, very graphic. Not very nice. But anyway, he wasn't, <clears throat> wasn't sort of no male rape and no one sort of chopping their willies off in this episode. Um, well, that's, so that's next week. That's next week. Uh, that's called a hole in the bucket. So, hmm. <laughs> so, but this one was 90% proof. So it starts off with Jim filling up his car with petrol. £9.50 to fill it up? I know. Gosh. Bargain. Nice. And, and then, they ha then he has a roundabout conversation with Ray Winston. Yes, who is apparently some kind of car salesman at the car lot next door. They have a conversation about the so price the, of petrol. And and it's and daylight murder or something. Some such thing. Some such nonsense. And the car does actually look even roopier. Oh, and I always remember this sort of flashbacks of being like, oh my God, that car's amazing. But actually, that car looks dreadful. Yeah, it's not It's not the best, is Do it? Do you want to hear my classic car story? Oh, go on oh, then. Go on. Okay, my classic car story. I was very, very enamoured with the whole Bergerac thing. And I thought, oh my God, wouldn't it be lovely to have a classic car? So, I bought a classic car. Well, so, so I was about 20. I had a mm -hmm. Triumph Spitfire Mark IV. It had a soft top, hard top, tonneau cover, bright red, looked mm -hmm. lovely. Sounds nice. It, yes. Um, I feel there's a buck coming on. Yes. You know why everyone who drives a classic car has an inane smile on their face whenever you pass them? I mean, so in the classic car world, when you drive in a classic car, when you pass another classic car, you either wave at them or flash your lights at okay. them. Okay. Uh, How very friendly. And everyone, yeah, it's very, very friendly. Apparently, it's the same thing in two TV circles as well, but I've never had one of those. Um, so, uh, and I've realised why everyone's got this inane grin on their face. It's because it's actually going. It's, I say ah. classic cars are, 
they look lovely but they constantly break down right. so it's it's like a, look at me my car's actually going it's going somewhere. in a forward direction it's not Yay. it's not the back of an aa truck marvelous so yes so that was my first and only sort of foray into classic cars although i wouldn't mind a like a volvo estate 240 sorry just let me just rewind slightly what is a classic car just remind anything me anything that's over 10 years old i believe but mine was a 1970 <laughs> well, i've i've owned a range of classic cars if that's <laughs> if, if, if that's if that's all you need to i mean have. i think i, I say mine i had a 1979 triumph spitfire and that was in like 19 Okay. Um, oh, actually, no, that's plenty. So, so it'd be 1993. So it was about 14 years old. Right. So according to Wikipedia, according to Wikipedia, uh, definition of a classic car generally is a car considered 20 years or older. Typically, fall into into the oh, classic oh, car. Okay. Bracket. I have learned something new. Yes. That and you've learned something that say people with classic cars that have got an inane grin on their face. That is because it's actually going in a forward direction. And yes. It's not actually on the back of a pickup. Um, so anyway, um, so Bergerac sort of has some sort of nonsense conversation with the person that actually fills the petrol car, petrol up, the, the car up with petrol. I'll rewind that. Uh, so again, that's a, a bygone era where well, someone actually comes a, out and fills the a car petrol up. pump attendant. I know. Who knew? I remember we used to have one at the, so when I passed the driving test. We had an account at the local petrol station. So when I went off to college, and was it one of those petrol stations that had a kind of like an air strip yes, where you drove it did, over and it the bell and went bell. off? Yeah, 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 yeah. And if you went in, say, if you had to go in and pay, you could actually have a sweetie. They used to have like a pick and mix. So when you paid, you could have one sweetie. Well, we didn't have any garages like that where I grew up, but I remember not you know relatively recently going. Like driving around, so like the north north of Scotland, around the Highlands and mm. so on, and they still had these kind of compressor things that and you. Someone drove. called Hamish or Fergus came out, probably, and, and, and came and sort of ferreted around with your windscreen and yeah, and yeah, yeah. No, probably it was more likely to be a Hugo Ratarquin, an ex uh, city banker who burnt out and was trying to reinvent himself in the Highlands. <laughs> was he waffling around with a kilt because he was like looking for the whole true experience? Probably. Or was it like just working the way through his tweed? Uh, it was probably wearing a boiler suit with Bridgestone on the on, Ooh, the, on the top pocket or something gosh. like that. Gosh, uh, gosh! So yeah, this episode is like it's very loads and loads of flashbacks. So anyway, there's, they have some sort of nonsense conversation with the uh, petrol pump attendant, um, and said, "Oh, I'm going to court." So I've got an afternoon in court. He said, oh, gosh, lucky you to be playing the warm all day. And he goes, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> uh, so we have some sort of very dreary sort of, sort of scene in the court where you've got a range of moustaches. Of yes, and eyebrows. To, uh, yeah. And eyebrows. Yeah, so the magistrate had a particularly prominent Yes, I know. Eyebrows. It was just like, okay, you actually have three moustaches on your face, but two are over your eye. One each on your eye and one under your, under your nose. Uh, so they had a range of moustaches and there was some sort of uh, something about Bergerac stopping someone because the, the car, uh, there's a smell of petrol, the dog moved some blankets and they looked like petrol and petrol containers. petrol containers and he asked to inspect it because you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to take, take petrol in that quantity around 
some sort of nonsense. But anyway, it turns out that the person um, is, was a, the son of a hotel owner and the hotel had just recently burnt down. Yeah, yeah so that was coming. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry Lefebvre. Je Jerry Lefebvre. If I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, whose father, Harker Lefebvre. Harker. Owned the Harker. Harker Lefebvre. Like K Harker from Fox of the Light. Mm. Yeah, except as a first name rather than a surname. Um, yeah, owned a owned a, a hotel that burnt down that very day. That very day, it was very that, tragic that his son is seen. But anyway, he takes off at high speed, denies the whole, the I, whole thing. So it's all very circumstantial. And then they say, right, we need to go to court in front of a jury, and then it just gets upscaled to that. So it's going to be a very long and drawn out thing. And they'll probably get off. And they'll probably get because off because due to lack of evidence, really. However, however, so after being said, oh, it's probably going to get off lack of evidence and. There's, so you've got Charlotte, who's looking quite quite good. She's got a new hairdo. And, she's, and, and a bright red jacket. A bright red jacket. So she looks like she's going to go out hunting, which is marvellous. I'm very pleased that pot plants are looking suitably... Um, alive. Alive. So I think she sold a few. So maybe she's got a little garden centre, like we suggested in the last episode. So, uh, so, But they are looking very healthy, which is very, very good. Very sprightly. I, so the scene, it was a bit bonkers because... So Spurgeon comes in, he moves the typewriter from one location to the top of a filing cabinet, takes another file out and then moves and sits behind another desk and then moves to another desk. And it was just sort of general... Business. So what, why are you yeah. doing this? I know yeah, yeah. the Steve McQueen, he always stole everything because he was doing something in the scene. So if someone was having a thing, he was doing something else, so it brought the attention back to him. Yeah. And but I say sorry. Yeah. So, so in in the sh in showbiz circles, I think they call it that just doing a bit of business. Doing a bit of business. Well, Bertrand yeah. was doing too much business. Hmm. Uh, so uh, he comes out of the office and then in in the passenger seat of his little Triumphs Roadster or whatever um, is. is a drunk lush with a ginger bob. Um, that's not, that's not her name, by the way. Gin well, we'll just call it ginger lush. Ginger bob. Ginger bob lush. That's quite a good one. No, it's not. It's terrible. Ginger bob lush. Oh. Terrible. Stop, <gasps> stop saying that. It's terrible. Ginger bob lush. Oh gosh, we should set up a Twitter account. No. Ginger bob lush. Oh lord. You can go and troll people in it. No, no, trolling people is very bad. It's very like bad. bullying online. No, don't do that, children. It's not like bullying online. It is bullying online. <sighs> Anyway, so um, there's anyway. this this drunk <laughs> this woman. drunk said, "Oh, I saw you in AA circles. I've been recommended to you in AA circles. Uh, I'm not going to tell you who by. I'm not going to tell you who by. I know it's hotel. And I want you to front. take me back to my hotel. Uh, uh, and I'm sorry. Hotel? I'm I'm sorry. I have to I have to really say this. I think Jim put his brain into neutral at this point and yeah. just does something really stupid. stupid. So really she said, stupid. "Oh no, I don't want to walk through the reception like this." Let's go round the back near the bins and yeah. go up the service elevator so no one actually sees him going in with the redhead. Uh, and there's someone in a trench coat, which is like, looks like they're ferreting around somewhere, you know, sort of, you know, when you're... Playing pocket billiards. Pocket billiards, <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, I, I can't remember back to prep school when the police used to come in and say, don't speak to people in Anorak. Well, that's what <laughs> I got from it. <laughs> don't speak to <laughs> Don't speak to an Anorak. <laughs> so, so, but never. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so I'd reversion to people in particular Anoraks for years. <laughs> so. yeah. Yeah. My, my father, um, I remember once was cleaning out with the wardrobe and, and discovered a, an old aquascutum uh, raincoat. Aquascutum. They were for people for the scooter bikes, you know, sort of the mods and rockers. Was that the one? 
Uh, I don't know, but this was this was something that looked like it had been worn by someone hanging around a park. You know, it was it was a stain. It was a definite flasher's mark. There's no doubt uh. about it. And and my my mother very generously off, offered it to me, and I said, no, thank you. I don't want to look like some kind of pervert hanging around <laughs> a street corner. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, I've actually I accidentally bought one. Well, you can, how can you, can you accidentally buy a rat, an anorak by accident? It was in the well, sale. What did you think you were buying? It was Burberry, and I was I was very swayed by the name. Sorry, sorry. Let's just stop. Let's just unpack that a little bit. <laughs> you thought it was Burberry. It was Burberry. And you you thought you were buying Burberry. It, it was Bur, it was a Burberry and a Burberry anorak. A Burberry. Well, it's a, it was a, it was one of those beige max, but it had a really nice lining. You're not really selling it. It was a, it was a, what were there holes in the lining so you could put your hands <laughs> in the pockets? Yeah, you could have a fumble. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, no, I shouldn't do that. No. Uh, so, so, but I bought it. It was Burberry, and I, and I thought, oh my god, it's a bargain. It was like reduced from like four hundred and something pounds down to about seventy. I wore it once. I saw a photograph of me in it once. Yeah. What um, did you look like? Yeah. Yeah. So, one, one, just describe in one word. Why would you? What did you Shit. look like? No, sorry. Okay. <laughs> I was, I was hoping for something slightly more imaginative than that. It was a, bit more, <laughs> a bit more descriptive. No. When I looked at, when I looked, and he opened it up. That sounds dreadful. But when you'd open it up, it had a really gorgeous lining. The lining was really, really yeah. nice. And, and, your, so and your, your victims were very impressed. <laughs> I suppose it was like when you're at school and you're like pretend to be Batman and you're trying to open your anorak so so you've got a big cape. <laughs> I suppose I could have started running around the car park. Look at my lining! Yeah. But that would have probably been really bad. Yeah, that well. would have been a really so bad. Anyway, so moving away from the Mac. So anyway, so, so, <laughs> yeah, so there's a man in a Mac. And about, it's got, and it's got, got a, binoculars. He's got binoculars. Binoculars. And it's and got, a, a, got a trilby hat yeah, thing. Yeah. Straight out of, I don't know, <laughs> the Maltese Falcon. They, they were not very inventive with that. So, anyway, so he goes to her room at 229, finds lots of booze hidden everywhere, and starts emptying it into the sink. And then she boils the kettle to make a cup of tea. She opens up the a balcony window and says, "Oh, my husband! My I've broken up with my husband. He's going to kill me. I uh, was opened up an offshore bank account here. It's in my name." Um, yeah, and I'm sorry, but really, that whole thing is just so flimsy. It, it was just it I was mean, flimsy. What it was flim what was he thinking? And then she goes, "Oh my God! Look, he's over there! Someone looking at me!" It's the bloke in anorak, the binoculars, looking up at the balcony. Um, so Bergerac sort of dashes, dashes down like a hero heroic action yeah. um, my hero can't find him she's like looking all very nervous and everything and then suddenly when he looks up at the balcony the person with the, with the yeah. she screams mat, and then he's she's being pulled into the room so he then dashes up through the hotel and um Opens up the door of 229 and sees her like sort with of a Kimbo slashed with a slashed throat. neck and then he, he hears a noise in the ensuite Goes into yeah. the ensuite, pulls the shower curtain back, and no one's there. Turns around, and then boom, he gets yeah. knocked out. Yeah. So who People knew that? People get knocked out really quickly, don't they? Well, well, yes. I, I mean, walked it, into it, many shells, never been knocked unconscious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I think it takes rather more than that, to, really, to knock someone out. I think oh, he has a glass jaw all of a sudden. It, it would, it would mm. seem. Anyway, whatever he gets, sprawled, sprawled to the floor, 
he does actually close his eyes a little bit too late. I think he was just trying to make sure that he wasn't going to hurt himself when he fell down and then shuts his eyes. Yeah. Because it was it wasn't a plastic panel bath; it was a tile panel bath, guys. Yeah. yeah. So he could have been, could have done himself an injury. Yeah. Safety first. But I mean, yeah. So that was all very good. And then there's some nonsense where uh, his boss is called and is thinks he's talking to Berger. Yeah. So we get to see, well, 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 we get to see, we get to see Crozier's wife, which which we knew. We didn't. I don't. I don't. I don't think we knew actually existed prior to this. Well, when it was way when the way he actually spoken everything, especially on previous episodes when he with just stays mod, at home yeah. with his model airplane, you just yeah, think yeah. that you just got oh, sort of a sort I just thought of a sad, down and, a, and sad ex- a sad existence with model airfix. Yes, and but no, he's no, actually got a wife and um, sort of crispy socks all over the. I bet the wife was in. She was. She was saying she, she was, played Nicola. It's Nicola Bedou. She wanted a pink flimsy. Nic- Nicola Bedou. Nicola from Bidou. from um, Dinner Ladies. Dinner Ladies. She she was the temporary canteen manager, who um, insisted that everybody had their pink flimsies filled out, and she ended up um, becoming a lighthouse keeper. Nicola. In real life. No, Nicola Bedou. Oh yeah. Well, Nicola Bedou, the actress. No, Nicola Bidou, the interim canteen manager. Oh, right, she, she became a lighthouse manager. She, was, she wasn't, she was a lighthouse manager. Lighthouse. <laughs> she manage a lighthouse. She, she, she's actually doesn't really enjoy her job, and she, at the end of the episode, that she goes, she goes off to be a lighthouse keeper. Okay. Because um, I think Jean sees the advert in the paper and sees lighthouse keeping, but actually... It's not light housekeeping. <laughs> it's a lighthouse. Light housekeeping. <laughs> <laughs> or something I mean, like how that. difficult it would be to be a lighthouse keeper when you just, like, switch the lights on? Can you not just get the Amazon <laughs> Echo to... switch the lights on. Yeah, just get the Amazon Echo to say, put lights on at this time. Actually, I think, generally speaking, most lighthouses are now automated anyway. Yeah. Just get a free accommodation. Because lots of stairs. You wouldn't want that. Yeah, but I don't. Oh, by by by, by stairs can go round circles. By automated, I mean there's no one there. Oh right, okay. I think the days of lighthouse keepers are probably get a J cloth and the, and the light fitting. Yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, anyway. so um, uh, Jim Bergerac yeah. is. Yeah. So is so we get so the wife so the wife takes a phone call. Oh, who's drunk? Apparently, it's Jim Bergerac. He's very drunk. Crozier is then past the phone and then said, oh, it's been a murder, oh, what nonsense. And he hangs up and then he phones the duty Who's doing sergeant, a jigsaw. Who's doing a jigsaw of foxes. It looks yeah. like a very difficult jigsaw. Well, I thought it, you'd done a little bit more jigsaw. I mean, that was yeah, like yeah. age 8 to 12. Yeah, 8 to 12. Age, <laughs> age, age 2 to 6, I think. It wasn't like like big, chunky ones. It, it was look big, like chunky. Really <laughs> it was big. Maybe was jigsaws were a little one. bit more, less complicated then. I don't know. Um, well, anyway, he was doing a jigsaw. <laughs> he did a jigsaw. He was doing a jigsaw. <laughs> a but he left doing a jigsaw, which was very nice, after someone phoned up after saying that Jim Bergerac was drunk in a bar. Yeah, well, <gasps> so, so yeah, so after after this conversation uh, over the phone, that we cut to the, not the Royal Barge, no, 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 a bit more upmarket. No, it was... The Royal Yacht. The Royal Yachts. Yeah. Which, is there a, a Royal Steamship or a... a I don't know, a... a yeah, did, 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 is that it, looked, it didn't look very. I mean, in fairness, Diamante Lil one place looks a lot posher than the other place. Oh, I don't know. Oh, no, no, hers well, does. Had, had Charlie in a in a dinner jacket. So I know, but Charlie goes a, everywhere. A, has a it? restaurant. 
There's a restaurant. Charlie's in the restaurant. Anyway, he comes. He's got some elderly lady on his arm no. that he's probably trying to fleece of her, of her money. Yeah. Um, and there's Jim Bergerac, dramatically staggering around, and his final his final drunken act is to fall on the piano with a great sort of. Cra- crashing chord as he slumps to the ground. Yeah. Very dramatic. But he, was, he did actually do drunk quite well. He did well. He did drunk more more uh, convincingly than Carol Royal, who played. Um, well, she, the, she she was either I can either try and do a good, decent Irish accent that she failed miserably at, or I can act like a drunk. Yeah. I can't do them. Do either can, of them. I can't do them at the same time. Well, actually, you can't do either of them, love. So I wouldn't worry yeah. about it. So yeah. So anyway, so he is he's then picked up. He's, he's well, he's, no, he's not. He's not. Mm. So he. No, the next thing. The next. Let me rewind a little bit. Charlie, Charlie sees him, and Charlie phones up, and then I think I think Charlie. No, Charlie gets someone to phone up. Yeah, I think. and I think he's depo- uh, then Bergerac is deposited at his house, so he's sprawled out on the floor. Yeah, well, he he finds his way to his house. We don't know how he gets there. Because that's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, really. Um. So. Uh, the the policeman turns up, whose name I've forgotten. Uh, turns up, and there's Jim sprawled on the floor, dead to the world. And Crozier tells him, "You have to stay with him, and I'll see you in the morning." I'll see you in the morning. So in the morning they arrive. Bergerac's like, yeah. very drunk, very drunk, hungover. Got got the shakes, the whole yeah, nine and yards. he's been suspe- he's been suspended until they can work Further the situation notice. out. And well, uh, it wasn't suspended at that point because then we've got that whole thing about. Um, it was t- no, it's they try to tell the story and they end up going to. to oh, the they go, yeah. Oh, they go back to the hotel room and it turns out that the, the person Jerry Lefebvre, the, the one that that should have, who's been accused of burning the hotel down or, or it's having his room. It's his room. <gasps> Shock, Shock horror. Yeah, and, and there's the, a lady there's in the lady. bed. And she's not dead. No, she's not dead. She's no. very much alive. And uh, and then he accuses uh, so sort of them of uh, police harassment, and a formal complaint goes in. So therefore, uh, Bergerac is then suspended, um, and he goes rogue. I love it when he goes rogue. rogue. He, that, that was like series one. He went rogue then. Said, well, you're not going to work, but he still goes and does all the yeah. sort of investigative things. He does his best work when he's suspended. What I, I really liked about this episode is he goes back to Charlie and he tries to explain it to Char- uh, Charlie. Charlie's quite a forgiving type person, um, but meets Deborah. Deborah's still, in this episode, I think Deborah, ex wife Deborah, still has the hots. There's definitely. There's a definite. There is a definite. Freezel. Yes. Well, because Marianne's not there now. So she's very, very disappointing. There's no mention of her at all in the episode. Well, she was last She was last year. As la- so last year. Yeah, we, we just ignore that one. Oh, because at least in in the episode one of series two, they, the, sort of the French one. They talk, actually, they, they reference Frankie. and Mind you, we've only seen one, but they, they did reference Frankie a few times. Yeah, in episode one in, and two in, in, of series yeah. two. So maybe maybe there will be a conversation about yeah this is all about, about Marianne yeah. and whatever she's done moved to London moved to New York or Switzerland or something got married to a one of the one of the, the Rosencrantz or Guildenstern from yeah. the from yeah from the last episode so so a bit of a nonsense with him drying out uh, one of his playmates 
from uh, Alcoholics Anonymous comes along and tends to Honestly, Jonathan, really. You could, at least, you could at least make an effort. Mm, one well, of these playmates. Yeah, I mean, yeah. honestly, anyone would think you were One of his associates from Alcoholics Anonymous comes along and, it's a vicar. And, uh, and, and helps him dry out. Says, like, here's but, the orange juice, drink the orange juice. But Deborah's there. But Deborah's there. Deborah's there. Deborah turns up and is all very solicitous and tries to help and so on. You know, and, and was very tender and yeah, very, very, tender. very gentle. Uh, and you think, ooh. Uh, yeah, and you think, ooh, there's a bit of frisson here. Where's, where's, Anne, where's Marianne? <gasps> where's Anne-Marie? There's Anne-Marie. Or oh, Ban-Marie. Oh, where's Ban-Marie? Oh, yeah. Great uh, at keeping this. <laughs> so, uh, then we have a bit of nonsense when they're walking through St. Helier and there's some sort of clown. There's me. Uh, is, it, is it a meme? It's a meme. Is it a meme? There's <laughs> a meme going on. There's some theatre group that's doing some sort of street theatre and everyone's going, ooh, wow, this is really good, but it's really actually quite shit. A leaflet's handed out uh, about their little stage show that's going on and Bergerac sort of throws it away and then suddenly realisation goes and picks it out of the bin and says, that's the woman who was killed. Goes to the theatre, which is a bit, of, that's a bit nonsensey. And we see, uh, we see a very young, what's his name from... Well, uh, what's it called? Oh. We see a very young John Gordon Sinclair. Yeah. Post Gregory's girl. Is that post Gregory's that girl? That's post Gregory's girl. Post local hero. Post that sinking feeling. Wow. Gosh, he must have been really in his uppers then, didn't he? Or was Bergerac? Well, I suppose Bergerac was like the, was like the casualty of its day where all the stars that yeah. are out of work just. <laughs> all the part. stars <laughs> that are out of work. <laughs> get, get, get a bit of a, a, bit of a go on it. Um, so he's actually quite good. He's very good. Um, yeah, he doesn't really get to do a huge amount. No. But, but the little that he does do is he does very, very well, well. very like, well executed. Well done. for that. And um, then we see the lady that with the wig that she was, yeah, actually, that she was wearing actually wearing, the ginger wig, uh, the ginger bob, a ginger bob. Uh, then she disappears off with. Uh, off to a party with Ray Winstone and uh, Bergerac then follows her to said party and the party's at the Lefebvre so, so, so uh, the family mansion. house and obviously they're lapping it up because Bergerac is accusing her of doing it in public environment and pushes the one that's Jerry Lefebvre. Jerry Lefebvre. I'll never get tired of saying that. He loved that. He loved Lefebvre. Maybe we should call our house Lefebvre. Yeah, uh, but to confuse the postman. Oh yeah, it doesn't take much, does it? Um, and uh, then it creates more sort of issues for Bergerac because obviously he's gone to his house at his private party. Yeah. Da, he's da, basically da. Cont- he cont- he spends the first well, he spends about three quarters of the episode doing really really stupid things. Stupid things, which is really gonna gonna go against him. Uh, Deborah then c- comes over to him and says, "Well, because you, you, uh, he said I didn't say anything. Something must have been recorded." And he's going through what was yeah. pretty much we have, said. We, we have a very kind of <laughs> weirdly dramatic scene where, and through Bergerac's mind, he keeps on hearing things being repeated over and over again. Yeah. And um, then, and all they realise is that all of the words that were presumably reported back to him as to what he said were were in that conversation that he had with Ray Winstone when he was pretending to be yeah, a, a used car said, salesman. Oh, who would have recorded? It must have, must have been a recording because I don't remember making this phone call. Admittedly, I was half cut, but he can't remember. He'd been obviously knocked out and fed drink and it's made him piss. 
and he's having the shakes and all that sort of thing. So he, d- he does act very well, and I think it, yeah, it, it he does, does good, go very well. Good drunk acting. Uh, and then Deborah comes along and gives them a clue. Oh, I dated Lefebvre, and uh, he does actually have a recording studio. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, and guess who, guess guess who, who works, works there? there? Ray Winston! So Bergerac goes there. Gets Roughs to, them up a bit. Well, no, he just pushes his, his, his face into some buttons. Um, and yeah. then yeah not chocolate buttons unfortunately not chocolate buttons. Oh, there's no, chocolate buttons. no no we don't have any chocolate in the house it's after Christmas well we do but I'm not telling you where it is oh is it red chocolate yeah where is it I'm not telling you I tell is that the dark chocolate in the back of the, back of the fridge yeah I'm not, I'm not interested in that alright um, <laughs> sorry listeners <laughs> you don't want to know domestic arrangements so uh, and then Bergerac arrange a meet- arranges a meeting which is so really he, yeah, so he gets stupid the tape. He, gets, he, gets he gets the, the tape, tape uh, listens to the tape realises oh, sorry and Ray Winston says well to, to make you sound drunk I just slowed the tape down and X, Y, and Z, pauses and pauses and what have you. Uh, then it goes to another scene with Bergerac with a showdown with uh, Lefebvre, his dad, and the uh, so there's a chat with the scarred face that was in the hotel and who, he was scarred. A con- when it, apparently, a convicted arsonist who happened to be working in the hotel that night, and nobody thought, "Hmm, that's interesting." But then again, he was he, he was burnt in the event, so that people he was overlooked on that situation. You mean he was a bad arsonist? He was a bad arsonist. He wasn't very good with matches. <laughs> well, it was very, it was, good, it was too good. It was good with matches. He just wasn't good at running away. <laughs> Get watching, um, and basically, they all do have the Scooby Doo moment where the, where the bad guys tell them they're into. Oh no, Scooby Doo stroke James Bond, where yeah. everyone tells their dastardly plan. Yeah, I will explain to you my entire plan and the whole plot. Because and here we go. Yeah, here we go. Because this I'm going a- to. I'm going to I'm going to tie you to the rail and I'm going to I'm going to tie you to a a conveyor belt that's going to be lead feed you into a <laughs> some kind of mechanism that will squash you into lots of pieces. Yeah, they didn't do that, but they did say, well, maybe you can get drunk and fall off a cliff, which was a bit yeah. Yeah. Again. Yeah. 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 So, so they explain the whole the whole the whole, whole they, they summarise the whole plot for the the, the harder list harder thinking um, of viewing. Uh, the police arrive. Uh, Bergerac has a tussle with Lefetra. Lefetra. Lefebvre. Lefebvre. and he's he has been he's turned the tables on them and he's been mic'd up the whole time yeah so the whole it. the whole plan has now been captured on yeah the tape. hotel was burnt down because it was like a shithole um, and horrible and useless and it wasn't worth any money and it's worth more yeah. as land value yeah what we've learned in the, in the first these these episodes that we that we watched is that Jared seems to be full of shithole hotels there does seem a lot of horrible, ugly hotels. Yeah. When knew? we go, we, we, we're, we're not going to stay in any of in them. In any of them. We're going to stay in the Royal Yacht. They're all burned down to a crisp. Yeah, yeah they're all, yeah, they're all, or we could ask, uh, ask for Marianne's, if we could borrow Marianne's yacht, perhaps. Ooh, that'd be nice. Yeah. Well, it just looked just like a nice big yacht. It did. Yeah. It did. Yeah. How those fantasies come true? Uh, so there's a bit of a general tussle. The police overlook it and say, "Well, he was a risk." He was, yeah. He did uh, run away. He does run away. As, as, as Bergerac's knocking ten bells out of him, then yeah. tries to drown them in the pond. And then they actually decide, "Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe we, we should do maybe something. Maybe we should stop him from drowning him in the pond." Yeah, yeah. perhaps. So and then it ends. It's good. I loved it. It's a really good episode. It was a good. It was a good episode. This episode was actually written by Brian Clemens. Mm-hmm. What else has he written? 
Well, Brian Clemens has a writing and producing uh, resume that most people would kill for. Oh, right, go on. Okay, so do you want to... Go on, just give, it, give us the, the highlights. The hi- okay, so he wrote and produced uh, The Avengers, <gasps> The New Avengers. Oh, even better. The Professionals. Oh. The New Professionals. Not so good. Well, we'll, we'll, um, we'll right. gloss over that. That was a really uh, series. And he wrote for uh, he wrote episodes of Danger Man, which is probably a little bit before mm. before your time. Um, let's see the the champions, the persuaders. Ooh. He created My Wife Next Door. Wrote for the Protectors. Um, created. I don't know if you remember. You're probably too young. The th- this the thriller TV series that was um, sort of individual dramas anyway he created that Ooh. and 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 um wrote for it his uh remington steel <gasps> um, what was his last thing he did the last thing he did uh that you might have heard of was uh ci5 the new professionals oh is he dead now then he is dead he created bugs Oh, Bugs. I love Bugs. That's Craig McLaughlin. Hey, Mona. Wrote for Highlander, Perry Mason. Oh. Yeah, I mean, he he started his career, actually, with Hammer. Hammer Hammer films, yeah. Uh, and it was very much a br- it was yeah it was very clemency i think um, the episode was quite glossy they, it's lighter it's not as dark as in visually dark because it was it does other, other previous episodes yeah. it just it, felt yeah, yeah. a little bit more polished yeah. and more it, money has been thrown at it. it it might some it might be that actually we're moving on to better quality prints that have been have been digitized so there right. might be something there might be something there that they're actually the, the the physical quality and the editing seems better. It's well, snappier. It was it was well directed. I think it was it was all in all. I think it was a jolly jolly yeah, good. I I jolly loved it. I mean, for, for a season opener, well, a series opener for. A, yeah, sure. We're not Americans, Jonathan. We're and not also, Americans. interesting fact: I think this was the very first uh, Bergerac episode I've ever watched on television. <gasps> wow. So it was been like eighty three. So I was like about that? ten. Oh. So I remember like mm, it's a bit. It's not much it's is happening. Okay. As a ten-year-old, it didn't really hold hold my attention as, a, as someone drank drunk. I mean, I'd had a couple of snifters of a snowball at Christmas time, and maybe yeah. maybe some blue nun at Easter. But apart from that, I didn't really have much of a comprehension of alcoholics. Right. So, so all of that went went, was a, it went over my head. Over well, head. now I can appreciate it because because now now we are sort of functioning alcoholics. Mom. Marvellous. Yes, yes. This podcast is uh, is powered by Sauvignon Blanc. Marvellous. <laughs> <laughs> it's only the finest Aldi range. Other, other supermarket wines are available. Yes, <laughs> they are. They are. So, um, I love this episode. I thought it was very, very good. Great series opener. We are three episodes. Well, we've got two more episodes to go, and then we have the Ice Maiden. <gasps> Philippa Gale. Um, no, sorry. Philippa Vale. Not yeah. Philippa Gale. Philippa Vale. Oh, I love, 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 love. I can't wait for this. This is going to be so yeah. exciting. We're so excited with about Philippa Vale. Yes. Uh, so and if you don't know who Philippa Vale is, Google well. it. <laughs> no, don't Google it. Hold, contain, contain, contain your, your excitement. excitement and listen to uh, our podcast about 
the Ice Maiden episode. Episode four. Episode four. There is three. Marvellous. So we've got two other glorious Bergerac episodes to go to. So hopefully he won't be touching any sherry this episode. Uh, in the next episode. And uh, we'll know more about Deborah. Apparently there's no particular love interest. Not in this Not in this series. We, no. I think it's the next series when we get Susan. Susan the estate the, agent. The dull estate agent. Not all estate agents are dull. I am an estate yeah. agent in my day job. Yeah. So. Of course, there is a reason why he makes an estate agent, which we won't go into just now, but it involves a heck of a lot of water. Oh. oh. Anyway, with that mystery hanging. Hanging. We'll we would goodbye. like to wish... Thank you ever so much for listening. You can contact us on all social media platforms. At, at Antique Dust. Dust. Any comments are gratefully received. If nice ones. Nice, nice ones. Nasty ones. We well, might have if, a, a, yeah, a, you a can keep, keep them to yourself. Uh, well, any attention just passes over in our direction. In the meantime, it's farewell from me, Jonathan. And it's a goodbye from me, Rob. Uh, and this is Antique Dust. See you soon. Bye. Bye. The Bergerac Podcast is an Antique Dust production.